Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we start, I'd like to thank all my listeners for listening and also my contributors to the show. Executive producer, Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger. Senior editor, Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me. Binaural production engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great. A monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can contribute. You can contribute money to my PayPal to help cover some of the costs of the production of the podcast. Um, You can uh, post uh, links on Facebook or Twitter. Um, it's all different types of ways to contribute. Uh, so go ahead here and check it out. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Denver Michaels, and he's been this is his second time on, and he just came out with a new book, and uh, it is called the Virginia Mountain Strange Tales from the Virginia Mountains. The Norton Woodbooger, the missing, is it Bale or Beale treasure? Uh, sure. Beale. Beale treasure. And the ghost town of Lignite and more. I don't know if I pronounced any of this correctly. <laughs> anyway, thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. It should be fun. Absolutely. So what is a Norton Wood Booger? <laughs> that name is crazy. Well, the Norton Wood Booger is, yeah, that's just kind of like a local um, uh, name, uh, just just a variation of Bigfoot, really, if you will. Um, in the little town of Norton down in uh, Wise County, Virginia, um, that's that's what they call it down there is the Wood Booger, and there's there's um there's been a ton of sightings down in that area and it just really um over the years has gained a lot of popularity hmm. i wonder how they came up with the name wood booger like is he covered with snot or something did he have a cold uh what's that i'm sorry i said i wonder how they came up with the name wood booger like was he covered with snot or something <laughs> I I don't know uh, down in that part of the country um you know I'm I'm originally from a few counties over and um booger is just kind of a a name that uh especially the old folks you know like uh, my grandparents and uh parents age uh, booger is just something that they use uh, they don't really call it the boogeyman it's more the booger man and and booger seems <laughs> to just be one of those um kind of generic terms for anything weird, you know, anything unexplainable. (laughs) (laughs) But basically it's a squatch. A Bigfoot. 
Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's how that that's how the yeah that's how the descriptions are. It's uh you know ape like uh hairy bipedal creature you know, you know seven foot plus tall you know nine feet you know sometimes. But there's a there's been a lot of sightings in that area. So it's kind of like a, a hot spot. Yeah, I think so. Um, in the town of Norton, there's um, there's a, 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 a like a park, like a three thousand acre, um, you know, uh, city park, um, and in that area, and there's a there's a place called High Knob right there, and there's just been a lot of sightings there, and uh, one of the reasons that it gained so much popularity was uh, that show Finding Bigfoot went down to Norton and had one of their town hall meetings and what have you, and a couple years afterwards, the um, the Norton City Council did this resolution declaring um, Norton to be a Bigfoot or, or wood booger sanctuary. Hmm. So it's, um, you know, if you see, if you see a, if you see a Bigfoot or a wood booger in Norton, it's illegal to, uh, kill it or harm it or molest it or <laughs> any of those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was watching a TV show yesterday. I forget what it's called. I think it was like the, was, was down here in my area. It was like in Louisiana, it was like the Gulf coast, Bigfoot organization or something like that. And these guys were going around trying to shoot a Bigfoot. I, I, I think there should be a law against that. Yeah, I've seen that show before. I've seen that show before. I actually have, um, you know, some years ago. And, and that was one of those things to me, you know, that you're you can kind of understand i guess where they're coming from that the only thing that's going to suffice is for someone to find a bigfoot body or i guess maybe you could capture one or whatever but on the other hand like like the way i look at it i mean i don't really care if we um prove that bigfoot exists you know that's not so important to me as you know, if you've got to go out and like actually kill one to prove that it exists, I, I to me, I think that's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to, it's like uh, having to kill a person to prove that people exist. Yeah, I mean, and and, and the other thing too is like a lot of uh, Bigfoot reports. I mean, people talk about them. Uh, witnesses describe them almost uh, like being Neanderthals or um, I had one lady from Oklahoma that um, emailed me one time and, and told me about a sighting she had on her property and she described it as much more human than apes. So, I mean, what if this thing is, um, you know, almost like an archaic human or something, then, then look, look what you've killed. I mean, you're not just talking about some dumb animal. I mean, you're, you're almost talking about murder almost, if you ask me. I think so too. I mean, I wonder what would happen if somebody killed a Bigfoot, they tested his DNA and found out that it was human. I mean, it would have to count as murder. Well, I I mean, I, I would think so too. And then, you know, if you're a if you're a person with with any sort of conscience, I mean, uh, you know, how how do you live with that? You know, I mean, it's just just to just to what get your name in the paper or 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 be the guy that 
that proves something. I mean, to, to me, it's just not worth it because of the uh, potential ramifications. I mean, I, I think we're we're talking something that's way more than just shooting a deer or, or a squirrel or, or something like that. And, you know, I, I don't know if these guys that, that go out with guns after Bigfoot, you know, really, really think it through. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know. Like, I, I understand that the body is the proof. Um, one of the things that really got me about like hunting Bigfoot was a long time ago, uh, there was a hoaxers where they said they had shot a Bigfoot and they put like a gorilla uh, suit in a freezer and put ketchup on it. And like, like that's what I really realized. I said, yeah. you know what? I, I think killing a Bigfoot is a really bad idea. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, the, these these hoaxers out there and and the people that are just, you know, so hell-bent on trying to prove that it exists that, you know, they're willing to actually kill one. I don't I I personally don't get where that mindset comes from and um you know, probably a lot of it might be motivated by, you know, thinking that they're that they're going to make a bunch of money off of it, you know, if they if if they prove that it exists, um, you know, you're going to be, um, everybody's going to be trying to get you on their TV and you, you know, you probably have a bunch of book deals and things like that. So you'd hate to think that people are that motivated just, just by making a few bucks, but, um, that's kind of human nature too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't have any doubt that there's a Bigfoot out there that these creatures exist i want to say the, the big question for me would be what are they yeah that's that's the same with me i mean i know that and there, there's no doubt in my mind that, that something is going on you know the question to me is it is it a flesh and blood animal number one that we haven't discovered or you know, maybe is it something more on the uh, supernatural side? Because with a lot of these Bigfoot reports and, um, you know, a lot of cryptozoologists don't like it, but, you know, you get the um, you get the disappearing with a flash of green light. You get reports of them, you know, being pixelated, almost like the uh, Predator movies. And mm -hmm. there's a, a lot of times a lot of high strangeness involved in the sightings. So, you know, you have to wonder if, if maybe there's something a little more to it than just an undiscovered animal. I mean, that makes a lot of people mad, you know, when you say that. But, I mean, to me, you have to leave that that open. I, I totally agree. You know, I had uh, Ron Moorhead on last week, and he was talking a lot about that. That he, <clears throat> You know, he was saying, you know, giving the possibility out there that it's probably some kind of multidimensional type of creature. Um, and even in that case... Um, if it is a multi-dimensional creature, uh, you probably wouldn't be able to shoot it anyway. Yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, that gets into a whole, <laughs> a whole can of worms. You know, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe if it is something from another dimension, it you know maybe it kind of crosses over here, you know, momentarily, and maybe it is flesh and blood. So maybe you could kill it but i don't know man it's just um it kind of blows my mind to you know to start thinking about all of that stuff 
Um, in, in any of your research, have, have you actually um, witnessed uh, any of these cryptids personally? I no, I've I've never seen a cryptid myself. I mean, you know, I've I've seen a lot of the um, you know a lot of the Bigfoot enthusiasts uh, point to stick structures and um you know things like that in the woods um you know a lot of times they, they point to rock stacks in weird places in the woods not so much being um you know the rock stack type of trail markers but you know a lot of times your rock stacks where just like in the middle of the woods uh, a lot of big footers think that that might be um Big footers, uh, not big footers, but you know, like Bigfoot or Sasquatch, um, you know, picking up rocks and moving them around, you know, looking for food like, like mice or, or, or that sort of thing. You know, I, I've seen a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of inconclusive, um, tree branch, uh, you know, where they're broke, uh, six uh seven feet off the ground and, and you know a lot of times like big trees like uh you know almost three inches in diameter i mean i've seen a lot of that stuff that people point to as evidence but you know as far as actually you know seeing a big foot or or even getting a like a really good footprint you know i've, mm -hmm. I've seen some depressions on the ground that are again kind of inconclusive but um and you know i've spent a lot of time in the woods but i i've just never um you know never seen a big foot or anything like that and um i'm always kind of skeptical of those uh guys and gals that have you know, seen 10 or, you know, it seems like every time they go in the woods, they, they, they saw a Bigfoot. So I'm, I'm kind of skeptical of those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what to really, you know, make of, of, of some of the reports that I've heard. Um, so what other strange things are happening in the mountains of Virginia? Well, one of the things that I keyed in on in the book, in the first chapter, actually, um, I, uh, I I devoted the first chapter to uh, big cats, and my contention is that there's, um, you know, that there is a breeding population of mountain lions, you know, in the mountains of Virginia, and you know that. That goes against what uh, the experts say and what have you, but but you know the reports. I mean, they go they go back for decades, and and there's good reports. And I myself, now I've not found the Bigfoot tracks that you know that we were just talking about or or seen a Bigfoot, but I have found really good uh, uh, mountain lion tracks in. Um, on the border of Virginia and West Virginia, I, like so close that you don't really know which state you're in. So, mm -hmm. you know, if they're in West Virginia, they're in Virginia kind of thing. And, you know, I found like really good tracks uh, back in 2018. And um, in 2019, I found kind of like a partial, you know, kind of like a partial track. Um, and this was, uh, I think it was in Shenandoah County, Virginia, but it was, uh, you know, a good bit to the west, uh, not west, east, I'm sorry, 
and you know i've just um i'm in contact with people a guy um you know a guy's been emailing me you know in the area that i found the the really good tracks and and he's found what you know look to be mountain lion scrapes you know where they scrape the ground mm -hmm. and you know he's found a place where um where he thinks that they're denning up and then uh you know a few weeks after he contacted me he you know there was a there was a pretty good snow up there and he found you know just just like i did uh you know in march of 2018 he found some really good uh tracks in the snow and i, I mean there's no mistaking i mean it, it's it's not a dog it's not a bobcat i mean these are these are mountain lion tracks and then when you take that with um with all the reports i mean that they go back uh you know into the 60s good documented reports especially like in the shenandoah national park i mean even even park rangers have, have claimed to see uh mountain lions you know you just uh you just know that there's uh, that there's you know more more than just one passing through here and there it seems like that there's a at least a small there's small pockets of them you know scattered throughout the mountains I spoke with somebody who is a Bigfoot researcher. I think he was in Tennessee. And he said the same thing, that he was finding a lot of evidence of large cats. And he said they were fi he's finding them in, like, the international park areas. But the park people, they know that they're there, but they won't admit to it. Yeah, and that that was kind of that was kind of my big thing, and in the book I bring it up as, um, you know, what really got me was back. Um, gosh, I, I want to say I, I've got the correct dates in the book. It's just you know hard for me to recall it off the top of my head, but I want to say like in the in the fall of uh, twenty seventeen, I believe it was that there was uh, this fake flyer going around, and it was printed on. And, you know, Virginia Department Game of In Inland Fisheries uh, letterhead. And it was just down in the Roanoke area. Mm -hmm. And it was going around that, you know, that there were uh, mountain lion sightings off in the Jefferson National Forest. And it even had, like, what to do to, uh, you know, stay safe if you see one. And um, real quickly, and this was all over the, you know, local newspapers and stuff, um, the uh, the department came out, they had a spokesperson, uh, you know, and she said, no, there's no mountain lions in Virginia whatsoever, da 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 da, da. you know, and, and ever since that, I was just like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't believe that, <laughs> that they're, they're saying this, you know. And I just got hell bent on trying to find, you know, some sort of proof. And, you know, I, I like I told you in, um, in the spring of 2018, you know, I found those tracks and stuff. So mm -hmm. I at least was able to, to prove to myself that, that, yeah, you know, that, 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 that they are here, but I mean, you can kind of understand, I guess, from, from their perspective, uh, you know how people are. If you say, "Oh, there, there's mountain lions in Virginia," you know you're going to get all these, you know, all these people. Oh, are my kids safe to get on the school bus? And you know stuff like that. And you're going to have your your farmers, um, you know, wanting to be able to shoot one on sight because of you know their cattle and and sheep and that sort of thing. So you you can kind of understand that they want to have 
you know, definitive proof. But I mean, to me, with all of the tracks that are that are out there, uh, trail cam photos and that sort of thing. I mean, I think there's enough to say that I, I think the department could at least come out and say that, yeah, we, we definitely have some here. Now, you know, they could kind of hedge their bet bets and say that they're that they're from the west and and just passing through or something but i mean i think that they that they should tell people yeah i mean it it would not be that crazy of a thing to see a mountain lion and because like where i found my tracks were that was up on a on a well-trafficked trail in the national forest and and in fact the the tracks went right through you know like a, a primitive campsite where people camp so oh. i mean uh, people could definitely have a have an encounter out there you know i wonder why they wouldn't tell people especially if they're camping in these places and say they have little children, these cats could just run off with their kids. It doesn't make any sense. Uh-oh, I think I lost you. Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh, you, you know, I think... Okay, I can hear you now. I'm sorry. I, I lost you for a second. We've got a massive windstorm going on here, and I don't know if it's my internet blinking in and out. So and if you lose me, that, that's what's going on. I mean, the wind just all of a sudden just started blowing like 40 miles an hour. And so mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that they're just trying um, – what I really think, I don't, I don't think that there's anything um, nefarious going on necessarily. I think they just don't want to open that can of worms until they really have to. Because think about it, if if you if you come out and declare, yes, there's mountain lions in Virginia. Well, guess what? Now you have to figure out what you're going to do. Is it a protected species? Do we have to tell hunters, uh, no, you can't shoot one. If, you know, if you shoot one, you're, you know, uh, they're, they're liable to be prosecuted, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, if you just think of the, the bureaucratic, um, you know, with these uh, government government agencies things that uh, that that are going to go on with uh you know with declaring that that oh we were wrong and plus you got to admit oh we were wrong they they're not extinct or you've got to say that okay they they went extinct but you know a western population moved over here and and they're reproducing now it's just such a it's just such a headache and i don't think that there's enough and and enough of that concrete stuff to where anybody really wants to open that can of worms. I, I think it's just that bureaucratic laziness, if you will. Hmm. Interesting. You know, I was just looking up while you were talking to see if we had any, um, you know, what kind of wild cats, if any, that we had here in Alabama. And apparently we do. We have mountain lions and uh, panthers. I, mean, I, I I would have never even known that. Yeah. So I just looked it up. Yeah. Well, well, and and you know, there's not a lot, you know, and even even like, um, you know, like uh, down in the Florida Everglades. I mean, where they where they do have, uh, you know, 
it's a small, but you know, there, there's the population of, uh, of, uh, mountain lions down in Florida. And, um, you know, it, it, it's there, there's just not a lot of them, but, but they're there. And, you know, I guess, you know, Alabama's just figured that, you know, it's not really going to hurt anything to, you know, just let everybody know that they're here, that they could have an encounter. And, and you know, I think that that's the way that Virginia and even, you know, uh, places, Maryland, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, you know, if, if they haven't already, I, I, I don't know what all these uh, other states have done, right. but I, I think eventually, you know, they're just going to, their hand is just kind of, going to be forced by these uh you know especially now that every every hiker has their phone on them and they can take a picture of tracks it's it's not like it was in the 90s you know everybody can can document you know where they're at they can take a picture of the tracks and you know a trail marker and and can really kind of prove um you know where these things are are moving and i think it's just a matter of time before you know they're all just going to kind of relent and say okay you know the end you know of course they're going to hedge they might say well we don't know but you know they're at, at least they're there's a sizable uh, number passing through from time to time yeah I was watching uh, a movie, Missing 411, about, you know, kids going missing in national parks. And one of the explanations for it was that, you know, the parents turn around, these big cats just run out, grab the kids, and run off. And that's why they find the bodies, like, miles and miles away. Do you think that's a possibility? Well, I mean, I think in certain times that is a possibility because um, that's kind of what big cats do. And it's uh, that's sort of um, I was telling you a minute ago about uh, this guy I've been in contact with talking about the scrapes and stuff. And and that's kind of what I've been looking for and what they do a lot. They'll you know, maybe they'll ambush a small deer or something. and, And I mean, they can they can actually they can actually climb up into trees, you know, with their kill. I mean, they're, they're exceptionally strong. They're super fast. And, and, and there's, it's just like, if you've ever watched a, you know, like a cat, a, a house cat hunt a bird or something. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible to watch how, how like really slow that they'll move across the yard and just all of a sudden just like pounce and so you you take something that's you know uh, over a hundred pounds doing that. I mean, they can really inflict some damage. And what they'll do, they'll they'll kill their prey. And usually, like like with a human, you know, they'll like clamp down on their head and you know instantly break their neck. Mm-hmm. And then they don't just like eat them on the spot. You know, they they take them back and um and and like a lot of these scrapes. You know, what they'll do is they'll they'll like rake leaves and stuff over them and, and like kind kind of like bury them and then you know like come back later and and you know like eat them or whatever so i mean i i think it's definitely possible that uh and especially you know when you're talking about children that uh, you know mountain lion or something might have snatched them but you know with some of those uh missing 411 reports i mean they're just so weird that um uh, you know, you're not, uh, 
you're not sure what the heck is going on because I, I know some of them like, uh, you know, the, the kids are sometimes found like almost a week later and, and just like, you know, miles from where they went missing with no sign. It's uh, some of that stuff is kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird. There, because there, there is a there's an episode where there's this one guy who is taken, and he showed up like eight days later, and he's still alive now, but he does not remember what happened. Yeah, and like one of the things that's freaked me out about some of those cases is like you know the you know the people seem to have that like missing time almost like you almost like you have with a, like a lot of alien abductions but also one of the weirdest things to me is like the person goes missing without a trace in i mean they weren't that far from like uh you know their partner that they were hiking with or walking with or mm-hmm. whatever and then i've even heard of cases just like where, where their clothes are like neatly folded up like on a rock or something and it's just it just freaks me out, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to think too much about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it could be an abduction thing too. I had um, Terry Lovelace on, and he was camping at some national park called Devil's Den, and he had, he had you know he was abducted, and and his theory is that that a lot of these national park missing things are are alien abduction. I mean, I, I think that's a good theory, you know, in, in a lot of cases. I mean, it's it's as good as any any theory out there. Or, you know, it might be a little of this and a little of that. I mean, you know, the these these national parks they're they're vast. Uh I mean that you know, a lot of places are you know, you don't get a whole lot of people going through. So, you know, it could be a combination of just um you know, like you were saying earlier, like big cats there, you know, there could be some aliens there mm-hmm. and, you know, there could be your, you know, like a occasional, just, just bad dude going through that just, um, you know, abducts people. Yeah. I mean, that, that certainly happens too. Absolutely. So, so what other strange happenings are there in the mountains of Virginia? Well, there's a lot. I mean, um, you know, if you get away from, um, you know, if you get away from some of the, 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 the cryptid stuff, um, there, there's, there's a hidden history in the mountains of Virginia. I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of, um, ancient burial mounds. There's, um, and, and a lot of people don't really think about that. You know, you think of more, especially like the Ohio Valley and, and over in West Virginia for, for mounds. But uh, in the mountains of Virginia, you've got a lot of the um, ancient stone mounds that are, um, you know, from like 400 B.C. Um, you've got, um, you know, you've got a few tales of uh, giant bones being found in the mountains. Um, you've got... Uh, You've got tales of uh, buried treasure. You got a lot of uh, UFO reports. I mean, there's um, there's there's a lot of weird stuff. Uh, you've got a lot of um, you've got a lot of uh, uh, caves. Um, you know, in the western part of Virginia, 
and um it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned the um the missing 411 stuff i can remember and i actually put this in the book um i don't really know when it started but i remember it, it you know like around a year ago it uh like in a lot of facebook groups and and even on twitter there was a graphic of um you know the missing 411 type of cases you, you and, and you know you can there's like a map right. and there's just clusters like all over the mm -hmm. country but it's not everywhere in the country you know it's, it's these clusters and and if you look uh right down western virginia almost following the i-81 corridor there's just this real dark cluster and and like over in kentucky and west virginia too well uh, you know, what I put in my book was if you if you compare that cluster, you know, and that uh, whoever made that missing 411 cases map to um, the cave systems that run, you know, through Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky. I mean, they match up perfectly. And and what does that mean? Well, I'm not smart enough to know, but it, it just struck me as kind of weird that, uh, you know, the, the cluster of missing people in these weird, you know, uh, these weird incidents, uh, you know, with the 411 stuff and, and these, these cave networks. I mean, how weird is that, that they, that they match up so, so perfectly? Do you think there could be a civilization that's underneath the surface of the earth and whatever is inhabiting these civilizations is um, partly responsible for these missing cases? Well, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say that I believe that there's this. Uh, you know, nefarious underground civilization. But, but I will say that, um, I mean, the uh, occultic literature and, um, you know, things like that. And you know what? I mean, like, uh, like a lot of your UFO lore, you know, uh, centers around, you know, these underground alien bases, that sort of thing. Now, I'm not saying that that's really responsible for anything, but, you know, it is kind of weird, right? That you would that that you would have that, um, you know, that you would have those those kind of things line up, and you know these these cave networks in Virginia. I mean, they're they're full of um, they're full of ghost stories, um, you know, especially like uh, down around the Cumberland Gap where you you have this uh network of caves that's uh, I, I think it's like almost 30 miles long wow. you know not not quite as big as you have like over you know over in kentucky like you know with mammoth cave mm -hmm. but i mean they're still there i mean they're huge they they go they go deep underground like you know 400 feet or more and you know you have these uh all kinds of ghost stories you have you know just all these all these weird things and um you know like uh kind of like a side note over over in kentucky and mammoth cave which uh i actually visited in um uh back in the fall back in september you know you had uh i don't know some of your listeners right might remember um there was a uh, in, in the mammoth cave national park uh 
you know, park rangers got called out because there was a, you know, gunshots and, you know, they, they arrived, the person that, you know, fired their, their weapon said they saw a Bigfoot in the woods. And that's always been kind of a, a speculation with a lot of folks like, um, you know, the reason you don't find Bigfoot bodies is because they live in caves. And, um, so that, that's kind of like another thing to, to kind of throw out there as, as food for thought, you know, do, um, like the mountains of Virginia where there's so many Bigfoot sightings, but you, you know, you can't quite prove that it exists, you know, do they just come out and then kind of retreat into these caves? I mean, is that where they, you know, they, they kind of hang out most of the time. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned the mounds. Who do you think made the mounds so long ago? I mean, obviously there were people living here in North America way back that we don't have any documents of. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the weird thing about a lot of these mounds, like, um, you know, and... You know, it's kind of taboo to talk about now because, you know, with, um, you know, with, with, with the way things are these days, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to say that, uh, Native Americans didn't make them, you know, of course, uh, I think most of them were made by the, you know, the ancestors of Native Americans, but the thing is, is like most of the tribes, you know, when, um, you know, when settlers were, were finding these mounds and things, most of the area tribes, they didn't have a record, even an oral record of their people, um, building the mounds, you know, what, you know, usually what they said was that, um, you know, they were just, they were just always there, you know, so it, it, it's hard to, it, it seems like that they were started, you know, by culture way back, you know, now I think that it was, it was native Americans that, that mostly made these mounds. But the thing is, is, you know, most of your, you know, your, your current tribes, um, don't really have, you know, a tradition of, of, of making them for him you know, for the most part. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I know, uh, you know, some of the, uh, Cherokee, um, you know, claim that, you know, their, their ancestors made some of these mounds in, you know, North Carolina, Tennessee, and that sort of thing. But, uh, it's just one of those things. It's, it's, you know, these days with, with the climate we live in, it's, it's just kind of touchy to even, <laughs> even talk about, you know, I, I didn't even know it was a touchy issue. I just thought we didn't know. It, 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 it's, it's kind of gotten that way more and more, you know, I mean, a lot of, um, a lot of these mound sites, um, honestly, you know, like, uh, people claim, uh, you know, in West Virginia, um, Ohio, um, Pennsylvania, you know, a lot of these mound sites are, are kind of known for, uh, weird activity and, and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, sometimes when, when people bring that up, uh, you know, like a lot of your Twitter mob, um, you know, they start saying that, um, you know, like talking about Indian burial grounds or Indian mounds having uh, weird activity is, uh, like 
racist even and that sort of thing so i, I kind of just try to shy away from front from the whole thing because <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble with the twitter mob you know yeah yeah that's weird i didn't even know that was a a controversial you know issue. you know how it is these days i mean everything's just everything everything these days is just it's just so touchy it's you know it's just like um like you like you talk about something one day you're fine you know you come back three months from now like like oh you're you're a terrible person you know so <laughs> <laughs> weird um so how about this treasure? What's the story of this treasure, the Beale treasure? Well, the Beale treasure, and this goes back to the early 1800s. And um, supposedly there was this man, um, Thomas Beale. And, you know, the, uh, the there's a debate, you know, if he was even a real person or not. But... Um, you know, I, I don't know how you go that far back and, and really prove that he wasn't. But um, the, the way that the story goes, he and 30 uh, men from Virginia, they left um, and went out to the um, Santa Fe province. And this was back when, you know, a large portion of the, uh, the West was, um, you know, under Spanish control. And so, you know, most people think it was in, you know, present day Colorado that he and his party, um, you know, found this uh, large cache of, um, you know, of gold or, or treasure. And, um, you know, the way the story goes is um, he wrote to a man, he came back to Virginia uh, and left instructions with a man um you know, a, a Mr. Morris who was, uh, you know, who owned an inn and was kind of like, he, um, and, you know, in, in the book, I've got a lot of, uh, yeah, I've got this chronicled really good. I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head now, but anyway, he, he's just like, look, if, if, um, if me or, you know, any of these members of my parties, uh, blah, 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 don't return within 10 years, you know, um, I'm, I'm leaving you this lock box and it's got these cryptograms in it that tell you, um, the names of, uh, you know, the, the, the men that were in my party and the, uh, location of the, of the treasure and, um, the contents of the treasure. And so, you know, he never, you know, as these things go, you know, he, he never, you know, he never come back and, uh, and this guy Morris, um, you know, he ended up giving the uh, the contents to his friend, uh, uh, Mr. Ward, who published this, uh, you know, this this pamphlet that was, uh, you know, the the Beale, you know, that talked about the Beale treasure, and and basically these cryptograms. Um, one of the cryptograms was solved using the uh, Declaration of Independence as a key. And the, the contents of the treasure, you know, there, there's some silver, uh, there's some gold, uh, uh, gems, and that amounts to, I think, in today's dollars, you know, about $66 million. Mm -hmm. But 
Uh, what nobody's been able to figure out is is to crack the cryptogram that tells exactly where the treasure is. And and most people think it's in uh, you know Bedford County, Virginia. And you know a number of people have uh, you know have went looking for it. Even uh, you know a, a renowned uh, treasure hunter from Florida, you know, who found um, Spanish Armada treasure off the coast of Florida, oh, even went about. looking for it. I, I think it was back in the eighties. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like like a like I said, I'm just pulling things off the top of my head. I can't really remember the details as good as I should, but. Um, um, you know, the point is, is, um, you know, uh, somebody contacted him like, look, I know where the treasure is. And, and I think that, they, that they went digging for it, you know, along, I believe it was Goose Creek or, or whatever, you know, in, in Bedford County. And then, you know, they came away empty handed. So, you know, there's just all this speculation, you know, is this just a hoax? Um, you know, is there still, um, buried treasure out there? And, and the weird thing was like when I was, um, you know, doing research for this book, uh, like like the NSA took a real interest in in the Beale treasure and like uh, I think like around uh, 2003 or something I don't remember when they declassified it but That's like a weird. lot of your your declassified documents that you look why at the, like like from the, the early 2000s was was like well, you know, some people that that's one of the conspiracy theories around it is, is some people think that the NSA actually cracked the code, you know, and they went down into um, Bedford County, Virginia in, in the National Forest and they, you know, they just put on uh, like National Forest uniforms and, and they dug it up and they found found the treasure and a lot of people think that, you know, that that's uh, kind of like the way that the CIA gets accused of, uh, like, running drugs to, um, you know, uh, fund some of their covert stuff. A lot of people think that the NSA, you know, like, you know, fund some of their, you know, really nefarious stuff, like, you know, spying on us, like through, uh, you know, like finding treasure and stuff like that. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know how much of that you believe or not, but, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to kind of fun to think about, but, um, but you know, the, the NSA, they really did study the, these, these cryptograms and things. And, uh, um, people have taken, um, you know, like I said, the, the, the one cryptogram, you know, was solved using the Declaration of Independence as a key. It was supposedly pretty easy to crack and easy. I'm using in air quotes because, I mean, you could give me 100 years and I, I never would have figured that out. But, um, you know, the other cryptogram that, you know, where where the treasure was buried um people have used uh, you know like the bible as a key you know moby dick the magna carta you know and fed it through you know high-powered uh computers and stuff and, and and even with the nsa um you know with their cryptographers working on it supposedly you know unless the nsa is lying you know nobody's really figured it out hmm. interesting another good mystery yeah, I mean, it, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, it was just a big hoax. And um, and that I, I, I think that that's got to be on the table. It's certainly possible because um, uh, Thomas Beale, he wrote letter. He wrote a letter to, um, you know, Mr. Morris um, from St. Louis. And people have compared um, and, and by people I'm talking about like handwriting experts 
have compared that to um, the uh, the Beale Treasure uh, pamphlet. Um, and what you find is that um, the the writing is so similar. Like for instance, the uh, number of words per sentence. The uh, they, they've compared like the uh, number of of uh, times that uh, the authors use the word and and the. They've compared the number of semicolons and commons used. Uh, how many complex sentences were used and that sort of thing. And I mean, it's it's astounding at how similar they were. And like uh, at least one uh, expert, you know, said that you know the idiosyncrasies there that there's no way that it was two different people that wrote the letter and wrote the, um, the bill papers. So, um, you know, some people think that, the, you know, the, like, like this guy Ward and, and here we go, we've got a, uh, every good conspiracy has a, uh, Freemasonry angle involved. Uh, <laughs> this guy Ward, he was a Freemason and some people think that, you know, this was kind of like a, um, almost like a moral lesson right don't um because at the end of his is uh, at the, the bill papers he kind of writes like look um don't take too much time away from your legitimate job or business to go uh chasing after this um you know only spend the time that that you have his spare time to this. And some people think that he was, um, you know, creating this elaborate hoax, just uh, sort of like a moral lesson, you know, not go chasing after rainbows sort of thing. Mm. But, um, you know, I don't know. It uh, seems like a lot of, um, a lot to go through just to, <laughs> just to do a dumb hoax to me. Yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. Um, one of the things that you hang, I'm not gonna, I know I'm not gonna pronounce this right. I've never heard of it before. Uh, the mysterious Melungians? Yeah, uh, Melungians. Oh, Melungians. That is a group of, yeah, yeah, Melungians. And, and this is one of those kind of mysteries that's been around southwestern Virginia, um, uh, northeast Tennessee, eastern Kentucky, uh, for a long time, really. Um, and, and what you have is uh, th- there's a group of people, and it, it's it's certain families in that region that um, they've just got this uh, kind of like weird mix of of blood and uh you know predominantly you know back in the day these were these were olive skinned folks that you know they they had like a like a mediterranean middle eastern look to them and uh you know people just kind of thought that they you know that they had a little uh you know cherokee or uh, or whatever ancestry and what what people have learned over the years is they with, with dna testing and stuff is, is these families they've got middle eastern an- ancestry they've got uh you know uh turkish uh you know uh, ancestry and this this is like one of those real mysteries is like you know like like how did it get there you know um and an author that uh, who's uh, of this Melungeon ancestry himself, um, Brent Kennedy, you know, back in the 90s, kind of he wrote a book and kind of started 
exactly tackling this and and you know one of his theories was that um turks were actually actually in the uh appalachian mountains um before the english you know uh settled there you know before the scotch irish mm-hmm. and german settlers uh got into the mountains and you know and he wrote that uh you know as early as like in the 1650s that um you know when the english and 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 explorers were were pushing west there they found on these isolated mountaintops that there was this um that there was these olive skinned people but that they uh you know in some cases they they practiced christianity and and spoke like a like a broken form of elizabethan english and it was just kind of one of these weird things and um you know people have speculated um you know, like, uh, where this, uh, like Middle Eastern ancestry came from. It's interesting. It kind of fits into something that I've been kind of, um, researching. It's, it's kind of sounds like way out there, but, um, I don't know, like the story of Atlantis sinking and, um, you know, how Plato had a description of it. And, uh, there's actually a place here in Louisiana called, point poverty that looks a lot like the description of Atlantis and I was thinking like maybe in, in, and also the Atlantis, um, the Egyptians also claim to be descendants of Atlantis so I wonder if some of these people scattered mm-hmm. and came here to North America and like we had a population of these people that we never knew about well I mean it, it, it makes sense to me and you know some of your um you know, like a lot of your theories with them, and, and let me go back. Of course, a lot of the theories is just um, everything by experts, of course, is just kind of brushed off, you know. But, um, you know, some of your, I'm, I'm going to use air quotes again, your reasonable theories is like deserters from the um, DeSoto expedition, right? You had some, you had some Portuguese, you had some, um, you know, you had some Moors, you know, within his, uh, his, and, and sub-Saharan Africans in, you know, within the expedition party and you had deserters. I mean, that, that's well documented. And, you know, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, some of those escaped into the mountains and, you know, intermarried with native Americans. And then, you know, later, you know some of your your white settlers that that came out because in the, in the families you just have uh you know you got a lot of different blood you you mm-hmm. know you've got the european you 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 in most cases do have some you know native american blood in there and a lot of times you got some you know african and and then you've got your your middle eastern so there's just uh there's just this whole mixture and it's uh it's hard to figure out how how it all came to be but um you know some of the theories go as far back as um you know uh, a lot of your listeners have have probably heard um heard tales of um you know ancient uh, egyptians in in america mm-hmm. you know way back ancient phoenicians uh, in america and um you know, and and there's some evidence that there was, uh, you know, Phoenician contact in the early Americas. So, um, 
you know, I mean, who knows? It, it could go, like you said, it could go, go farther back than that. Maybe as, maybe as far back as Atlantis. Who knows? Yeah. There's a lot about history in North America that we don't know yet. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of my point in, 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 uh, in this book is, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not really claiming to have a whole lot of answers about things, but what I'm trying to, you know, what I'm trying to get across to people is that, um, you know, there, there's just a ton of mysteries and, you know, to just brush everything off as all, oh, you know, you're, you're just a kook. No, I mean, there's, there's all these mysteries out there that, you know, we don't have answers for and I mean, these are these are things that, that it's fun to talk about, and there's just so much that we don't know. And I just love to, you know, have the have the discussions about these things. Right. And also, if we don't ans- if we don't ask the questions, then we're never going to find answers. Yeah, I mean, that's you know, that's a. Uh, you know, a two-year-old could tell you that, right? If, yeah. if, if the two-year-old don't ask why, 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 <laughs> they're, they're never going to know. So, you, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. And I just, you know, I just really, uh, I just really hate how, how things are these days that, um, you know, these, uh, there, there's just so many people that, um, you know, if you if you try to just ask questions that kind of go against the um, the textbook version of history or or things like that, they're just they just like shout you down, like no, 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 no. And you know, I I, I just hate that. I just think that uh, you know we should just you know be able to talk about uh, you know all these all these weird things and and whatever doesn't make sense to us, and you know just is kind of hash it out you know yeah and plus research i i think um as far as archaeology goes in north america we really haven't done a whole lot yeah and and a lot of that kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier you know with the mounds and and, and things is like um you know it's just uh I mean, could you imagine the hoops you would have to go through these days to, you know, to, to want to dig somewhere, you know, um, all of, there's just, there's just so, so much and it's just, it's just the, the, the juice isn't worth the squeeze of even, even trying to study some things anymore. Um, Hmm. So it's it's just uh, everybody's just in a tough place these days. Yeah, well, hopefully it'll change soon and people can chill out and maybe start looking for some answers for some of these questions. I think I may have lost you. Yeah, I just heard a click. Oh, you're back. There you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry if it's on my end. I apologize, man. I, <laughs> the wind is whipping out there, and I don't know if, uh, you know, if it's it, if it's on my end. I, I really apologize. That's all right, man. We had uh, today's our first nice day down here. We had bad weather for like the last three days. Yeah, I mean, today was beautiful, and then I'm not kidding. Just like all of a sudden, like forty. 40 mile an hour sustained winds just started hitting and then you know, the gusts are even worse. So, uh, you know, 
<laughs> might have messed some things up. So one of the other chapters you have is ghost towns. How many ghost towns do you have there? Well, there's 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 one ghost town in particular that I that I really focused on in the book, and it's called Lignite. And it is in the um, just kind of out in the middle of the uh, Jefferson National Forest, and and by out in the middle of Jeff Jefferson National Forest, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, you're like you're like 15 miles from cell phone service. You're you're just like way down a, a like a dirt road, and and I, I guess it was in the 90s that the town was forgotten about and just sort of discovered by accident when the uh, forest service was doing a controlled burn right there and then what they found after you know a lot of this brush and and everything was burned off you know there were these uh foundations to houses and and some of the most prominent foundations are these um these double chimneys that at one time was um you know, was the uh, the chimneys to a, a mansion for the uh, mine manager, and then they they go back and and learn that um, this used to be um, in the nineteen twenties, uh, like a or maybe a little bit before that, but it it was like a thriving iron mining town. And a lot of people, most people that live in Virginia don't know that uh, Virginia was a really big iron producer uh, for a time. And and here in this town, Lignite, and even today, you know, I went up there and you can see where there's like all these, all these open pits still, you know, they're, they're kind of covered over with brush. And, you know, if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not really going to be able to tell what they are, but mm. there's, there's just these, these big pits. And, um, there's like all these, all these like, uh, like faint outlines of old roads, you know, where they used to, uh, you know, take this iron ore out and then they, they would put it on rail and um and and you can see these uh and today like there's just these big you know these big boulders all the way down to little pebbles of these just like rusty rocks everywhere it's just all this iron ore and this um you know this this town it it used to have like a uh it used to have a school it used to have a movie theater even and maybe not a movie theater, but you know, like a, like a theater. And, you know, it was like a thriving little, little mining town for, you know, maybe a decade, a little bit longer. And, um, the, the company, they, um, they found a more profitable, profitable, uh, vein up in Pennsylvania. And they, uh, they ended up, uh, taking the uh, buildings down and, um, or most of the buildings down and, you know, selling the, you know, the, um, the lumber and, and what have you for, uh, you know, just for building supplies. And they, they, they just pulled up stakes and, and moved out. And, um, you had, uh, you know, for a while, like a lot of squatters, um, you know, come in there and take over some of the old places, but, you know, by the 1950s, um, everyone was gone and then uh you know the brush and 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 undergrowth just grew up and um you know the the town was no more wow it was is uh discovered like on 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 state land 
Yeah, it, well, it was a uh, 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 federal land. Uh, it was on the uh, Jefferson uh, National Forest, and you know, I don't know um, these. You know, the Forest Service has like acquired land from counties, so you know, it might have been on like a county or or state land for a time, and. You know, maybe in the, I think it might have been like in the 1950s, uh, the Forest Service might have purchased some of the land and then whatever squatters were on there, you know, had to had to vacate. But, uh, you know, but for the last, you know, however many decades, it, it's been on, a, you know, federal uh, national forest uh, land. I imagine probably a lot of. uh abandoned mining towns in uh, like West Virginia. I know there's even a few in Pennsylvania. Oh, I, I think they're, they're, they're really all over and, you know, people forget about them because they're kind of, you know, they, they were kind of small. I mean, I remember, um, you know, in Southwestern Virginia, um, you know, my grandmother's house, you know, when I was a kid, I used to, uh, you know, go up, go up in the woods and in the, in those hollers up there and, you know, there there were just like these faint outlines of old roads, and you know, you'd find all kinds of little small, just family cemeteries and stuff that mm-hmm. were all grown over. And um, you know, I found a couple of old, um, you know, just old mine shafts and stuff. But uh, you know, I never. They were like kind of kind. You could like the lentils and stuff were were kind of collapsed and falling over. So you know, I was never. Uh, brave enough to uh walk in there or anything <laughs> you know I, I imagine that they're all over the uh appalachian mountains you know but this was actually like a uh lignite was actually a, a town with you know uh like hundreds of people you know at one time you, you know if you if you take the miners you know plus their families because mm-hmm. you know they i, I think that i'll i want to say uh, i i think they might have even had like a i i, I they might have even had their own post office up there. I'd have to, I'd have to check back through my notes. But um, you know, it was a, it was a hopping little place at, at one time, and you know it, uh, you know it, it fed these uh, these these miners and their families, and uh, and made a lot of money for the for the company too at one time. Wow, that's cool. Um. One of your chapters is called The Dark Side of the Shenandoah National Park. What's that one about? Still there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Oh. Oh, I asked about the uh, dark side of the Shenandoah National Park. Yeah, um, the Shenandoah National Park. And, and, you know, by dark side, you know, yeah, maybe I'm playing it up a little bit for, for dramatic effect <laughs> but you know i kind of look at it like the uh the the, the part just kind of started with with a little bit of darkness and and what most people don't realize you know when they visit a national park was at one time you know people lived here and and that was certainly the case with the Shenandoah National Park. There were there were a lot of people up in those hills. There there were uh, uh, small towns and everything. And um, and 
I, I personally believe in, in one of the, the greatest abuses of eminent domain that this country has ever seen. Um, these people were, were forced out of their homes. And, and a lot of these folks, the vast majority, were not even compensated. Um, you know, they, they were just kicked out. They, they were just told, you know, you've got to go. Um, you know, the government's taking the land to, to build this park. I mean, you had a lot of people that, um, you know, that fought in the courts as long as they could. Um, you know, one guy, you know, he appealed his, uh, you know, con uh, eviction all the way to the Supreme court. They wouldn't hear his case. And, um, you know, these, these people were forced out. I mean, there were, there were people that, um, the, uh, the, the, the local, uh, county sheriffs, uh, you know, and they, they, they come up that this one woman, she was pregnant at the time, um, you know, to try to persuade her to leave, they pulled her chimney down and this was in the winter so that, you know, she could stay if she wanted, but she couldn't, uh, you know, she couldn't heat her house anymore. Um, other people, the, uh, you know, the, the, the police came in, they threw all their, their furniture out of the house and, 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 you know, set, set the place on fire, that sort of thing. I mean, it was, um, it was, a, it was a pretty, um, uh, a rough time, you know, for, for the people that live there. And, and most people don't realize it. I mean, oh, I, I think like, um, close to 3000 people were forcibly removed from their homes. And, um, and, and when they resettled them, you know, down in, um, like down in green County and places like that. And, uh, in the, down in the lower elevations, it's not like that. They just gave them a, a house. I mean, they gave them a house. Yeah. But they also gave them a mortgage. You mm -hmm. know? So, so after, um, you know, about 20 years after the, uh, the resettling in air quotes, um, you know, in, in the in the homes down in the valley none of the original uh, mountain people were even there so so that's how the park started and um but you know during the history of the park i mean god there's been a tremendous amount of suicides there's been there's been murders you know there's been uh, deadly plane crashes up there i mean there's ghost stories you name it it's uh you don't realize it you know when you're when you're driving around on skyline drive you know looking for bears and and that sort of thing but there's um there there's a bit of a a, a checkered past to it wow that's terrible that they did that to those people yeah and you know but um what you'll find is I, I think that the Shenandoah National Park is is probably the um that that might be the worst example. Um, you know, what you had is um see the Shenandoah National Park, it's it's only about seventy five miles from DC. So you had a lot of um you had a lot of special interest money that um uh, that that really wanted this park it was like uh kind of like build as a you know like a little slice of wilderness only you know a little over an hour from the nation's capital so you had a ton of uh, special interest uh, money you know you had the state of virginia right they wanted those tourist dollars so what happened was um you know the the, the bills got signed to to create the park 
but the burden of acquiring the land for the park, I think which I think the SNPs uh, like roughly around half a million acre or something like that. But uh, you know that burden fell on the Commonwealth of Virginia. Well, you know they're like, well, you know we need this park. You know we we we've got to get this started, but you know, uh, acquiring this land, I mean, it, it's almost impossible, right? Because like, you know, you, you could have just a couple people hold out and, and demand these, uh, ridiculous prices for the land. So, you know, it could hold the project up for years or, 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 or decades even by the time it goes through court. So they, they, the Virginia, uh, legislature passed a law, you know, to just, uh, Con- condemn the land basically and they um they established these committees to um you know place a, a a price on the land and like the most anybody got was like five dollars an acre and that was that was for the lots you know where you could actually grow crops and that sort of thing on a lot of the land it, it, it's you know aside from being pretty it's pretty much worthless as far as um you know, the state was concerned because, you know, it's just like hillside. You couldn't really grow anything on it. So, so those folks got like a dollar an acre, you know, but the problem was a lot of these people had been here for, you know, for generations, right. And, and there, they didn't have any deeds or titles to the land, you know, their, their family just settled here way back when, so they could not, um, prove in a legal way that they had a claim to the land and therefore compensation so you know they just had to get the hell out and 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 they didn't even get any money you know so it it was um you know you you hear sometimes about uh eminent domain how it's used like it like in a poor neighborhood right to um you know throw some people out to um you know, put these luxury condos or, or, or a, a baseball stadium up or that sort of thing. But this, uh, this, uh, eminent domain abuse, I mean, this, this goes back to the 1920s. Do you think that the government claims some of this land for state parks because there's something hidden on them that they want? I mean, that's possible. I talked to a fella, this was many years ago and, um, uh, I was, uh, I was, I was at, um, some training, some software training course for this, uh, this job I was working at and, uh, went out to lunch with this guy that I met and, you know, he was from, uh, he was from Tennessee, but he, he lived down in Louisiana and, you know, he was asking where I lived and, you know, I told him I lived in Virginia and da, 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 da. And he's like, well, you got all that gold up there, right? And, you know, I'm just like, well, what are you talking about, man? And he's like, yeah, in the national forest, you know, especially on the eastern slopes, um, there's all kinds of gold. And then, you know, he just went into this long thing that I've never heard of and almost a conspiracy theory, if you will, but it makes sense to me now about how, you know, a lot of your national forest, uh, national parks, the government, it took over these places because of the, the mineral wealth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people in Virginia do not realize, you know, like how much gold, you know, it, you can, you can go panning for gold in, in, uh, even in the Shenandoah river and stuff. And, and you can, you know, you, 
you can find gold dust. And I know, I know people that, you know, did it for a hobby, um, you know, off from the mountains a little bit. Uh, there's a, it's called the gold pyrite belt in Virginia. Uh, a lot of streams. And, you know, I, I saw, I saw a guy, he showed me a, like a big old nugget that he pulled out of uh, one of the streams there. And, um, you know, people, people don't realize like, you know, the, you know, if you, if you take aside just the, you know, just the beauty of it and, you know, the timber, you know, people always think of like gas and oil and that sort of thing. And that's true too, but there's just a, just a huge amount of just like mineral wealth and gold, copper uh, that, and that sort of thing. And, you know, there's these uh, ideas that, um, you know, that that's, that, that the government has that. And it's not for us to be able to go hunting or, or to be able to go, go trout fishing or, you know, to, to take the family on a, on a nice little drive through the woods, you know, to look for deer and elk, but, you know, more to, uh, almost to secure their debts and, uh, and that sort of thing. Hmm. So, so there's definitely some greed involved in claiming this land for themselves and for the government. I, I mean, that's I, I, you know, why, why, why wouldn't there be? I mean, I don't think the government does anything for us. <laughs> I, I just don't. So, I mean, there's because why would you want to take on that burden and manage it? And, you know, you, you got to hire people to manage it. And I mean, why else would the government want to take over land? It's, you know, why, why take on that burden and, and that expense? There's, there's gotta be more to it than, than just giving me a place to go camping on the weekends. <laughs> it's true. Um, you still there? Did I lose you? Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm with you. All right. Sorry, my computer's acting a little weird. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Did do you ever think that they claim some of this land also not just for minerals and stuff, but maybe they've found you know paranormal type of things in this land? I mean, it could be, uh, well, or, you know, or, 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 or signs are, of history that they don't want us to know. I mean, it could be right. I mean, if, um, if, if you would like to keep from the public that, uh, you know, that the, uh, Carthaginians were here, um, you know, two or 300 years before Christ and they, they settled in the mountains. I mean, that would, um, that would certainly be a thing i mean i i think a lot of people have heard the uh those theories that the uh that the egyptians were were had a settlement like in the grand canyon uh, that sort of thing and just like all these places that you hear about these weird things um you know the government kind of owns that land uh, mm -hmm. you know the, these national national parks national forests like, like we were talking about at the uh, beginning of the broadcast i mean they're they're renowned for uh, disappearances so a lot of people think that there's uh, you know like ley lines or portals uh, that that sort of thing um maybe even like underground bases, uh, uh, alien bases, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, it would, the government, let's just leave it at this. The government owns a lot of land. You look on a map, 
they own a lot of land and and in a lot of that land there's either you know material wealth or there's weird stuff going on. So, I mean, you draw your own conclusions. <laughs> I think I've drawn my conclusion. <laughs> you know, like, like you mentioned, like the Grand Canyon. Like, that's actually a place that I'm, um, I'm planning on going to. There's a story about the Grand Canyon about a guy named G.E. Kincaid who found the cave. Yeah. And apparently it had, like, Egyptian treasure, Egyptian mummies. Right. And then the Smithsonian yeah. came in, took it all, and hid it away. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, no, you can't, you can't just go and look for that cave. I mean, you, these places are like off limits and, and stuff. And, and, and it's not just the Grand Canyon. There's, I mean, there's a lot of places like that. There's, um, there, there's supposed weird discoveries like that in, in Death Valley. And well, guess what? Death Valley's a national park, you know? Um, there's just, um, there's just so many unanswered questions like that and it it just it makes you wonder i mean you know you you can't really prove it i mean any conspiracy worth its salt you can't really prove but it uh, makes you wonder you know yeah and plus i thought the point of a national park was for it to become public for people why would you close it off to the public and call it a well, national what you park. Find, <laughs> well, what you find in, in the, the national parks, I mean, like, I, I love that there's that there's public land out there, but the national parks, they, they make me so mad because they have so many rules and so many regulations. You know, the, the national forests have a lot less, and in the, the Bureau of Management land, even less. Like, you can pretty much go to Bureau of Management land, and, you know, pretty much as long as you don't hurt anybody, you, you can pretty much do whatever. But the national parks, I mean, it's like you can get in trouble for even walking off of an established trail you know in a lot of these places and i mean to me if i can't if i can't have access to the why why, why do you have five hundred thousand acres here but i can only walk on so many trails and and so many things or i i can't even take my dog on 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 half of that you know it's uh it's it, it doesn't add up so no, it doesn't they're up to something. <laughs> I think so. What it is, I have no idea. But yeah, something. I don't. I don't either. But I just, I don't trust them. Although I, I have I my will. theories. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, they're not up to anything good. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. Um, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Amazon, uh, Denver Michaels. All my books are on there. Um, if you want to interact with me on social media, I'm uh, pretty active on Twitter, underscore Denver Michaels. Uh, you could look up author Denver Michaels on Facebook, or I've got a YouTube with uh, you know, a handful of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I will post links to uh, your book and um, – uh, on the links to this episode so my, li- my listeners can check it out because you do have a ton of interesting books. I mean, you cover a lot of different stuff. Uh, I mean, you got lake monsters, paranormal, giants, 
um, what the book that we were just talking about today about the Virginia mountains. Um, so, so you definitely have it all going on here. Well, I've got a, I've got a wide, uh, array of interest you know so um you know i just like to uh i just like the mystery of all this stuff you know and you 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 go down one rabbit hole and it leads you to another and that's that's kind of where it's all taking me <laughs> it's never ending <laughs> it, it, no it it, it is <laughs> maybe if we get you get to the end of it eventually maybe we'll actually learn something <laughs> <laughs> maybe but yeah you'll probably just uh <laughs> you run into one giant mystery after that probably <laughs> oh man thanks for being on today it was great talking to I'm, you and we'll definitely do it again yeah i appreciate you having me man all right just hang on one second i was going to play the outro Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>